I will uh, welcome you to the Soulcast, ego-driven, uh, a recent enigma in the Twitter world. Uh, I really appreciate all the writing and stuff you put out. Uh, a lot of the same concepts that I talk about, you take it a step further, I think, and very unique voice overall. So thank you for joining me. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me on your on Soulcast. Uh, I really appreciate the invitation, and I'm glad to be here. I, I think we have a lot to talk about. Um, and, and as you said, we touched on, on similar things. I, I think we do have, well, I agree with most of the things you say. I, I think we, we have a little thing where we might disagree on, which is the ego itself. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's get into that. I love disagreeing and debate. So uh, let's, let's, let's break it down. The ego Sounds itself. Good what you i think your maybe your angle is that you use your ego in a more uh motivational way in a sense or or more use it as a tool and try and make it larger is that uh, fair to say do you think yes yes more or less i, I just th think that uh you cannot completely dissociate your ego from your person and thing is where I disagree with, with ego death is that people assume that ego is something external, which something on which they blame their own actions and responsibilities. So it's yeah. a way for people to escape those responsibilities and, and say, no, that's not me. That's mm -hmm. my ego. That's something that, that, that is some subconscious to me. Except that ego is a mix, is, is, a, com is, very, is a very complex <clears throat> concept itself because it's both conscious and subconscious it, it touches on both yeah and in my opinion the way i see things is that ego is who we truly are because the literal literal um, explanation of ego is that is our own self-valuation how we see ourselves and, and that is the only thing within in like the philosophical way of seeing the self and and, and how we function that is the only thing that only involves us, which is completely dissociated from what other people might think, what our what we're programmed to think, and, and our external environment. It only involves you. So I think that's where anyone should start with, with knowing themselves. Instead of trying to blame something, some ego, just realizing that this is who you are. And if you don't like it, it's up to you to change it. Instead of blaming it on, on something else that is external, when ego is, as I said, the sense of what the human being is. Right. So I would, I would counter that to say that <clears throat> our ego or the... So the ego is important, right? We, we can't function in 3D space. We can't function in society <laughs> without an ego. Uh, I always go back to the baseline is if there's no I, there's no you. And if there's no separation, then we can't we we can't love external to ourselves. If there's no distinction between what we are and what someone else is, we can't experience love, right? And that's kind Absolutely. of the basis for everything in this world. And you need to have that distinction. The issue comes in when you are living in a way that is it, it's unconscious but conscious because you are trying to prove to the external what this internal is when it should only be the relationship that you have with it, right? And people get into yes. the game of trying to prove to others or society in general 
what this internal ego is when you're right there should be some analysis of how i feel about myself uh how that relates to society because ultimately like if you have a big ego or not a big ego but a healthy ego i think is, is important because you want to be confident in yourself and ultimately that comes back to a reflection of your achievement in this life how you're doing in society you know that that's the mechanism for which the ego uh exists because you know if you take it back to back in the day as the cavemen or even further back as animals depending on where and when we developed this ego self or this sense of ego if you didn't have that you're not going to compete for resources and if you don't compete for resources you're going to die you're not going to propagate your genes so that's the kind of the biological remnants of ego but i think in today's world it can become more of a hindrance than a help if you don't use it the right way. Yes, and for you to use it the right way, I think it's easier for you to push your ego and grow it to a point where it's delusional and then get back to earth rather than say, okay, no, I can't do this. I'm not worth this. And it's very difficult to go from a point that is with a weak e- from a weak ego to a strong ego or right ego then going from a delusional ego to your right self-valuation. So, and I'm going to quote you on this. Recently on one of your posts on, on Telegram, you said, true wisdom is achieved through experience. Yeah. And in my opinion, that's absolutely true. true. And I repeat this very often too. And, yeah. and if you don't make that mistake and realize, okay, I can't do this. I thought I could, but I can't do this. You know that this is your limit. And you're going to work on being able to do it. And as you said, it becomes a hindrance when there are external parameters, when you're trying to validate yourself through the eyes of someone else. Yeah. And that is, that is simply, that is a weak ego, in my opinion. When you try to do this, it's a yes. delusional ego that's hiding insecurities. Yeah. You're not really proud of yourself. You don't really love yourself trying to validate who you are through what someone else might think yeah 100% that's like um you know the the overly masculine guy who who's always like trying to big dog others and he's trying to be like oh yeah I'm the tough guy like everyone knows that deep down it's like the bully at school he's always bullying other people because his ego he's not uh secure in his own self so he has to try and bring down others in order to make himself feel better than others. Whereas the person that's confident in themselves, knows that they're capable, is happy with where they're at, they're never going to attack others. You know, they don't feel the need to. And I think that's just a you know emotional maturity. And some people will never get out of that, even if they have achieved so much. And it kind of is, you know, if you don't have... Like there's one side of it, right? It's like, you're never going to be a world dominator, uh, smashing in business. If you, uh, you know, this is the, the angle that some people take. I don't think I subscribe to it. I think you can achieve amazing things in this world without having to prove to others. But that is the mechanism that a lot of people achieve, uh, achieve stuff through because it is a motivating factor. It's like, oh, okay, they've got a chip on their shoulder. They need to prove to everyone else that you know i am capable and so they they have that as the driving motivation whereas the driving motivation in a healthier way can come from 
you're confident in your abilities, you just know what you want to achieve, you know that you're capable of it because you have that healthy ego or that healthy confidence in yourself, and you just do it that way. And that's the motivation rather than, I'm going to prove to all these people wrong, you know, I'm going to show that I'm the best. Because if you go down that path, one, you're going to spend years, you know, just in a hectic mind space, which is not really optimal for health and, you know, all the rest of it. But if you get to the end or, you know, maybe not the end of your life, but the end stage of that kind of path of realization, you're going to end up trying to prove everything to everyone else. And then you get there, maybe at some arbitrary goal and you realize, oh, fuck, what have I been doing this for? You know, maybe it's not real what I've been doing this for. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. And and, and it's a slippery slope. You got to be able and that's that's what I what I insist on. You got to be able to control your emotions. Your ego is, is very emotional. It's something that reacts to whatever it is given. Yeah. So if you're able to react to predict and, and then modify how you react to things, you can achieve inner peace because you know that was the right thing to do and you didn't let your emotions control you. So you got all those possible reactions and, and you picked the best one. And, yeah. and for you to achieve this, this is something I talk about in my program. For you to achieve this, you got to make mistakes. You got to go out there and, and be arrogant at some point, um, talk badly in, in some situations, and then later on, journal everything, work on it, and decide how you want to be in such situations. So the next time, after visualizing it, writing it down, uh, repeating it to yourself, the next time you're put in, in a situation that's similar, you know how you want to react. And that's how you're going to react because you imprinted those memories and you fabricated your own reactions. So you're getting closer to what you want to be rather than just who you are. So I think by doing this work on uh, introspection, you can regulate your ego. And the thing with, I'm, I'm going to call it cockiness or, or bragging. The thing with that is the most important thing is why is the person doing it? Because I do sometimes do what other people might call showing off, but it's <laughs> not what it is for me. And, and, I'm, and I'm pretty honest about this. It's not what it is for me. For me, I'm sharing my win. If, if I'm proud of something I did, I'll let the others know because it's something that's positive for me. So I'm, I'm sharing my positivity. Yeah. If that does disturb someone, then they do have an insecurity to work on. They're not ready to be happy for me. Because if I see someone showing up about whatever they've achieved, I won't say, yeah, this guy needs my validation. I, I would just be happy for him because that's the way I see it. You know? And, and as I said... This is the most important thing when you're going to talk about your wins or, or as others might call it, brag, show mm. off. It's to keep in mind why you're doing it. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of the base level of uh, growth mindset versus um, I don't know, whatever the opposite of that is. The growth mindset is you see someone doing well and before you've really delved into your ego and understood how the mind works. You may think like the, the thoughts come up of, Oh, he, he probably didn't even really earn that. Or like he probably had some advantage. You know, those are the initial egoic thoughts that everyone goes through. That's just life. But when you move to being 
not being jealous and being supportive of that and appreciative of that and thinking, oh, he's achieved this cool thing. He's got a sick car or whatever it is, financial freedom. And you go, man, how did he do it? What can I learn from that? That is a huge distinction that, you know, works across all realms that that's the change you need to make in your mind where you are happy for others. And that again comes back to if you are achieving more in your own life and you see what's possible, then you see other people winning. And overall, you're just happy that everyone else is succeeding. Absolutely. It's it's a, a paradoxical, endless cycles, two cycles where it's either you go into a vicious circle where it's jealousy, depression, and you're just comparing yourself to the others. While on the other hand, you have getting the positivity, learning from other people, because as good as you are at what you do, you always need to remind yourself that there are people that know other things more than you in yeah. other domains. Yeah. You might be good at whatever you do, but other people might teach you on something just like you might teach them on something. Yeah. And as you said, when you have this growth mindset, everything is a lesson. Everything is an opportunity. When you see something good, you're not going to get jealous. You're just going to say, okay, this is working. This is something that I need to look at. Yeah. So when you're constantly thinking of your own valuation and what you're worth, you're constantly trying to prove things to yourself. And you're channeling all that, that energy into developing your, your own confidence, your own skills, abilities, and whatnot. So instead of seeing anything as competition or seeing anyone that does better than you as, as someone to envy, you see it as a lesson and you see that there is something to learn from. Okay, he is doing this better than I would do it. So maybe I should learn from this guy. Watch what he's doing. You see, instead of being on the mindset that, okay, he's lying. Okay, he can't do this. Okay, yeah. that's impossible. Yeah. Because putting, putting limitation on others comes from the limitation you put on yourself. Because yeah. you think you can do it. So you think he can do it. Yeah, that's fair. I think uh, it, it's being aware, again, like if you're unconscious of what the ego is or you just don't realize maybe how it's controlling you in day-to-day -day life, it, it is that awareness. And it's the awareness to think, oh, why am I thinking this thought? You know, I always tell people... <clears throat> instead of instantly following a thought down wherever it wants to take you analyze why did i have that thought if it was negative or you know jealous or envious why did i have that thought is it because i want what they have is it because i don't think that again what you said you know if i don't think i'm capable of it you'll you immediately try and think of reasons why it's not real on their end and that's so important for growth in general. And I think probably is the base mindset for success is seeing other people and realizing, and it's kind of like a double whammy. It's like, if you don't think that you are capable of great success, you're never going to achieve it. You're always going to make excuses. You're always going to say why that's not possible unless they had some sort of unfair advantage. And that's the whole kind of, you know, at a greater level, Western society, social media, all the rest of it is that people, are, they see everyone else's, let's say, highlight reel. And if they're not also achieving in their own world, then they just attack that. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. 
basically agree. <laughs> and, and most of the things, whenever we compare ourselves to each other or, or, or to anyone else, when you compare yourself to someone and the thought you have is negative, the first thing you got to think of is that, as you said, why am I having this, this thought? And, and what's provoking it? What is insecure in me? You got to be honest with yourself in such situations. I tweeted this recently, judge yourself like you wouldn't allow anyone else to judge you. Because if you can be totally honest with yourself and, and, and just say, okay, I'm doing this wrong, what can I do to make it better? Okay, I'm envious of this guy. What caused me to want it without his capabilities? It always comes from our own insecurities. And, and that's why what I say is that it always comes back to your ego and how you see yourself. If yeah. you try to hide stuff from yourself and not assume it, you fall into and you fall into arrogance. You fall into into things that you don't want to. Be. They kick back harder than when you try to hit them to hide them. Yeah. It always comes back. It always comes back. And this is a thing you've got to deal with. Whatever is holding you back, it's not other people. It's you. It's mainly you and, and things that have happened on your past things that have shaped you and it's it's sometimes very hard to say okay i'm this way because this happened and most of the time that specific thing is something we don't want to think of it's something very very deep in our minds and we don't want to get back to that because it brings back negative memories but those negative memories if not dealt with create insecurities and creates problems and complex within your mind so you see everything as a threat. You see everyone as competition and everything is negative. And as I said in the beginning, you fall into this, you fall into a vicious cycle where a vicious cycle of negativity, everything you see is bad. Everyone you see is bad. And you're not just minding your own business, being confident in whatever you do and focused on yourself and being a better person than, the, than yesterday. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to. And I think it's important to also, and I'm wondering your thoughts on this, how you make the distinction between, you know, if you make, if you're honest with yourself and you're making mistakes and everyone has areas of their life that they want to improve on and they have bad habits and they have these things that they know or you know internally, I could do better. You know, I'm not living up to my potential in this realm. And it, it's a delicate balance because you have to have some level of motivation that's, you know, it, it does irk you and it does, you know, it cause some discomfort because you know you're not doing it well or good enough or putting in the effort. But then you also have to say, all right, look, I fucked up. Uh, I'm also human. I make mistakes, but I forgive myself for that let's move forward now with a renewed sense of let's do better yeah as i said it's you trying to prove things to yourself instead of trying to prove things to other people so if you see that you're doing something that you're not proud of uh there are two possible reactions to that and, and i'm gonna give an example oh, i've been there i'm the next addict um the thing with drugs is that you think you, you're trying to find everything positive in taking when when you're doing drugs you're not saying okay this is bad maybe you're having 
have those thoughts when you're completely sober. Most of it, most of the time, you're talking to your friends, trying to get them on, trying to invite them to drug parties and stuff like that. When deep down, you know that there is wrong. Yeah. But when you're talking to people and even talking sometimes to yourself, you're finding all the good reasons why you're doing this. And, and that's that's where that's where ego comes in. Because mm -hmm. if you have an honest, honest moment with yourself, if you do value yourself, you can't lie to yourself. And if you don't lie to yourself, you can only get better. Because as soon as you get honest with yourself, you can spot what's going wrong and what's going right. So you capitalize on what's going right and you work on what's going wrong. But if you don't value yourself uh, and you have a fake ideal of, of who you are, you keep on finding reasons not to change. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm smoking weed because I have long days and I get home and, and, and I, I feel tired. All those are excuses. Yeah. All those are excuses. You smoking weed when you get home because you don't want to do something else. You're not doing your chores. You're not doing your dishes. You're not taking care of your home. You're not doing whatever. You're missing out on something. And if you do, if you're doing this on your free time, just think of all the things you could do if you were not doing that. If you were working on yourself, I don't know, working out, learning a new skill on the internet, and that is super easy nowadays. So. That time is always wasted. And instead of saying, why am I not doing this? Am I procrastinating from doing other stuff? You find other reasons that consolidate that image you have. And as I said, if you don't think you're worth it, if you don't think clearly and honestly, whenever you reflect on, reflect on yourself, you're going to fall into those vicious cycles I was talking about. Yeah, it's it's escapism, right? Like most of the reason exactly that people exactly that. drink on the weekend is to forget about the shitty job that they're in, to be unconscious because if you're sober and conscious, you have to look at your thoughts, right? And this is what the root of I think a lot of depression and anxiety is, is because <laughs> People are living a life that they know they don't truly want to be a part of. They're working a job that they really don't believe in. Uh, and this is so common. It's like depression, anxiety can be, you know, I'm sure there's a small subset where the brain is not working as it's meant to. But I do think that there are a lot of cases where people like, like that's, that's your body and brain telling you like, this situation isn't working. This isn't good for us. We're not actually engaged and happy to be doing the work that we're doing. And I get it. You have to have a job and you have to work. And sometimes that's not optimal. But if you feel that, you have to be working on your way out. And if you are unconscious of it, if you choose to consciously feel that feeling, go, okay, something's not working. Uh, this isn't right. Let's get out of this. Let's dedicate some time and effort to changing my situation. You can go that way, which is positive and good, or you can go, let's be unconscious and let's just numb the pain. Let's smoke weed when I get home. Let's uh, drink every weekend so I don't have to actually deal with the thoughts that are in my head. And you're just kind of kicking the can further and further down the road and leading to more mental anxiety and stress. And I think that's the distinction between I guess positive anxiety and depression is recognizing that as a sign like 
hey, something's not right. You know, if if you are, and I felt this myself, right? In, in previous jobs, I know I knew it wasn't truly what I wanted to do, and I knew it wasn't living up to my full potential. But you just you you're on the weekend, you're hanging out, going to the club, you're getting drunk instead of consciously dealing with your emotions and thoughts. Yeah, and, and that bug is again tied to somewhere telling the truth to yourself. Uh, people yeah. don't want to say, okay, I'm not comfortable. Instead, they're going to call it the comfort zone. I don't want to grow out of my comfort zone. And just using this word gives people the illusion that they're comfortable where they are. And the real thing is that people cannot tell themselves this is not right because that would that would mean that they have to make that would mean that they're doing something wrong. People don't want to realize that they're doing something wrong, although they're suffering from it. But taking that moment and just planning for the next steps, they can do it as long as they lie to themselves. And they think, okay, at least I have those nights out. At least I'm doing this to compensate from my discomfort at work. What they don't realize is that everything is tied. If they get out of that, that cycle, they can build on something positive instead of just compensating discomfort with further discomfort and calling it the comfort zone, which for me doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, comfort is really the root of all um, distress in a way. And I like a tweet that you had. It was like, the comfort zone is the real danger zone, right? Because yes. once you're in that comfortable zone, you got your feet up, you're on the couch, you're not doing anything new, you're not doing anything that scares you. That is what, and I've felt this recently. It's like, man, I feel too comfortable. I'm not, you know, I'm not stressing myself in a way that's leading to positive stress, right? Positive stress that you're taking on new projects, you're doing something new, so you're learning stuff. If you're constantly in the comfort zone where you're doing stuff that you've done before, like humans cannot live that way for a period of time. Yeah, sure. Be in your comfort zone, for a little bit to recharge, to recuperate, that's important. <clears throat> but if you're not making space and claiming space, new space in general, you stagnate. Yeah, and if you stagnate, you go back. <laughs> that, yes. that just makes sense because everything, everything is going forward, everything yeah. is evolving, especially now, if you're seeing the curve of, of technological evolution, if you're not doing something with your life, you're going bad. You're, you're less yeah. of whatever is surrounding you because it, it's constantly shaping up. The world is changing, people are changing. And if you're not changing forward, you're going backwards. Yeah. There isn't really a stage where you're stagnating. Yeah. If you're stagnating, it's all right. If, if you're stagnating, it means that you're going for just at the rhythm of everyone else, yeah. that at least you're doing something. Yeah. True, you're doing the uh, same thing over and over, and you kind of just at that baseline continuing, but you're not going up or down. I have a friend, I have a friend who spends all his days smoking and, and, and playing games. And it's been that way for what, eight years, something like that. And when you talk to him, when you talk to him, um, he's aware of what's going wrong. He knows that he needs to put efforts, but whenever the conversation stops, 
he gets on his phone and brainlessly scrolls on, on social media. Then he sits on, on and the game because yeah. he conditioned himself to be like that. And once he's on, he's on his phone or computer or something like that, you can't talk to him. As you said, it's escapism where he completely detaches himself from the reality. He, he gets into and, and forgets who he, who he is. He simply doesn't take any responsibility for his life because he's hiding whatever is external with games and, and being on his phone and stuff like that. He doesn't go out of his room. That And I know he's discomfortable doing this. Yeah. But he's, he's eventually scared of, like all of us, he's scared of the unknown. Because when you don't know yourself enough, when you... I, I bet he doesn't have those conversations on his own. He doesn't think, okay, I'm doing this wrong. How can I fix it? He just plays games because he doesn't have an external stimuli that tells him, man, this is wrong. And he can't tell that to himself. Yeah. How, what, what would be your recommendation if, if someone's in that cycle where they are just distracting themselves, whether it's with video games, the phone, social media, like the dopamine's all fucked up. What, what would you say to someone that wants to... Maybe, maybe they're aware that they're in that cycle, but it is very hard to break out. It's a chemical addiction at that point. You need a, some kind of reset. You need some kind of pattern, you know, blaster to just fuck everything up. What would you say to someone that wants to change in that sense? I think the easiest thing to do is to write everything down. Writing has this, this ability to take out everything off your chest. Yeah, and, and there are there are two things that if you do mix both of them and, and include them into your routine, you can definitely reach higher levels. And, and those are journaling and meditation. Yeah, if you just sit down and meditate for twenty minutes a day, you get connected with your inner self. You get connected with your deep thoughts, where nothing is distracting you, and you simply focus on, on whatever is your brain is giving you. All, all those things that you're not even trying to think of and they're coming. Once you do that and you think of those things, you take a pen and a paper and write them down. That way, you not only think of them, but you see them afterwards and you think, okay, I'm, this is me. What I just wrote down, this is me. This is what's sticking in my mind. I was thinking of many things, but those are the things that are important for me, be it consciously or subconsciously. Yeah. But those things are, are the basis of what I need to work on. Mm -hmm. So if you just <laughs> compile and not, don't even take action for, for, for a few days, don't even take action, just meditate and, and then write whatever comes to your mind and compile those for, let's say a week. And you go back to those things. You, one can relate and, and on some others, you won't be able to relate that you will know that those things come from you. So that's, as I said, is the basis of who you are. And then you take all of those and put them next to what you want to be. So for each sentence you wrote, and I think this is on my thin thread, for each sentence you wrote, you write something that you wish to think of instead. And just visualize the things. And after you have the results of the person that you want to be, 
force yourself to meditate on, on those new lines you made. And, and as affirmations work, if you use that while you're meditating, you're sending that new version of you to your subconscious. So you will act according to whatever you plan consciously. Yeah. Because once you meditate the first times, you connected with whatever was subconscious, stuff you wouldn't have been able to come out with uh, while being yourself or, or just normally taking a pen and paper and, and writing it directly without me. So those things are hidden within your mind, and those things are probably things that you don't want to think, think of. Once you have them, and then you transform them into a person that you want to be, you feed yourself that person. And there is a conscious transformation from wherever your brain gave you or your mind gave you, and wherever you consciously reflected upon whatever those thoughts are and decided, okay, this is right, I'm keeping it. This is not right, I'm changing it to this. And you write it all, and you read, read it and visualize yourself being that type of person. And until here, we're not taking action. We're just reflecting honestly on who we are and who we want to be. So just having that blueprint will be the best motivation for you to move on with your life. You're seeing something that you are, you define a path, you define an end result, and you force yourself to think of yourself at that as that end result. Trust me that anything you will do afterwards will be trying to prove yourself that you are the result you put on that pen and paper and not whatever thoughts came into your mind first. So to sum it up, say it in one sentence, if you want to get your shit together, you gotta be honest with yourself and you gotta connect with yourself. Yeah. It's it's interesting because <clears throat> meditation itself once you get into the flow of it and have a, a good practice of it, it, it gets you out of your own way. And it hopefully your ego doesn't take control of that meditation session. And it will, of course, you know, even the great gurus say that their, you know, their ego or the thoughts still pop into their head when they are meditating, even when you've practiced it for years. But meditation itself is the practice of letting all of that fall away and trying to connect to whatever that source of unconscious subconscious knowledge is whatever and this is related to your bio it's a tweets from the voice in my head right so it's, that's yeah. that, that's that voice we don't have a conscious control of that right your thoughts are just appearing in your head and yeah they just pop up they just pop up where does that come from you know it's it's an interesting thing to think about because when you do meditate and you do journaling and you're getting these thoughts down on paper, it is the, the practice of receiving that information from that source that everyone has a connection to. And ultimately, if you follow that guidance, you're only going to positively progress. And you're, the writing is such a powerful tool for that, that I think everyone should do. And I, I found it myself like, tweeting itself i'm just tweeting out thoughts that pop into my head and once that's out there it's it's almost like i've written it down in a way it gets out of your head and it leads to more you know deeper thoughts coming through and this is i remember reading a book by james al altucher 
called Choose Yourself, which I recommend everyone uh, read if they haven't. But he has this uh, practice that he does where, you know, you're, you're creating ideas. So you'll just write down 10 business ideas that come through. And you sit down every day and you do that. And once the first 50 have come out, then the real one starts come through. And it is a bit like that with thoughts is once you're writing them down, once you're putting them out, you're clearing out that pathway from that connection to source, the unconscious knowledge, whatever you want to call it, that source, the muse itself, like that is ultimately where I found the most progression in my life through following that knowledge. And that's the deeper unconscious wisdom that we all have access to, but we have to get through the uh, bullshit of day-to-day life and all of the things that take our attention away from just being with yourself, which is unlocked through meditation. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and as you said, we have so much bullshit going around. If you don't sit down and meditate, is this worth thinking of? You can't really like erase it from your mind. If you don't consciously decide that this is not worth my time, it will keep coming back. If you don't sit down and, and meditate on, on each thing that happens and, and decide whether you're going to keep this in your mind or not, it's gonna stay there and take space on your mental on, on, on your mind yeah and mental space is the one thing that you cannot waste it's the one thing that you should be always be managing because if you do have things subconsciously taking space on your mind which is like they're just bothering you and you keep thinking of them and whenever you try to do something you keep going back to those thoughts because you didn't deal with them. Mm. If you waste your mental space like that, you can't be optimal in whatever you do. And as you said, if you don't meditate, you can't get out of that cloud that's your everyday life. You can't detach yourself from the situation and have a external view from it. And if you don't meditate, you will never really connect with yourself. I mean, well, however you do it, I think meditation remains the best practice for you to really get to know yourself and move forward with your life. If you don't know yourself, if you don't know what what you have, let's give an example. You're playing a game of poker and you're not seeing your hand. Anything you do will be total random, whether it works out or not. It's not thanks to you. Yeah, it's thanks to something you don't know. When you do know your hand, you take clear decisions. And mm-hmm. once you do know your hand, that's where it starts. You can start looking at whatever the flop gives you, however the other players are playing. But it start, all starts with what you have. You can't get into some something without knowing what you are equipped with. You can't go to war with a with a bag full of of weapons and you don't know what you have inside <laughs> that, that's that's the best example i mean you go into war and you only have rocks but you don't know it so if you only have rocks and you knew it you would hide a bit better <laughs> i mean yeah. you can't deal with your shit if you don't know whatever the shit is yeah exactly and if you've gone your whole life 
always being around your friends, uh, always with your phone in hand, always watching something, you know, it's, it's all unconscious distraction. You're never going to have experienced that. So it, it really is like spend time by yourself, go out into nature. That's one of the biggest ones. Leave your phone at home, just go for a walk in nature. I guarantee you that those thoughts that come up there are going to be more transformative, more helpful, and just more informative in general than anything you're going to be able to think up when your phone is, you know, a foot away from you at all times. <clears throat> I always go back to the example of shower thoughts. You know, people are like, oh, I have my best thoughts in the shower. Why is that? Because it's the only time really in Western society at the moment, for the most part, unless you're conscious about these things, that you don't have your phone. There's no one else with you. You're just there in the shower. It's meditative. That is when your true thoughts can come up or your at least your valuable thoughts because everything else is just a reaction or it's just an unconscious, you know, you're taking other inputs into you. If your inputs that you have are of a certain manner, we are products of our environment, we are going to mimic that as much as possible. So you have to really be conscious of your information diet, if you will things you consume eventually become you. So if that's not conscious, you don't have a, a conscious idea of who you want to be, let's scale our inputs to be around that, then you're just going to end up being programmed by all of these other things. And for the most part, they don't want, they don't have your best interests at heart. I would say all the time, even if it's, let's say you think it's harmless. If you're always watching an advertisement, you know, even unconsciously, that is an idea and a thought that's going into your head. And then, you know, a week later, you'll think, bing, that'll just pop into your head because it's been reinforced into your mind so often that you'll then think of that product or that, you know, whatever it is. It ha happens with songs too. People who listen to music a lot, mm. you'll find them singing music that they don't know. They don't know who made them. They don't know what the, the, um, the title of the music is, they have no idea what they're singing, but it's been imprinted into their subconscious through whatever they consume. And to draw in a point, I was taking on Instagram memes are fucking dangerous. And most pages I've seen recently normalize depression and being in a weak state of mind. It's just becoming the new normal. And, and that's why I was recently attacking Big Pharma. They're doing all of this. My theory on that is that they're doing all of this to normalize the usage of, of pills and antidepressants and stuff like that, which makes them big bucks. Yep. And I think the propaganda behind is very, very smooth. Uh, it's mainly on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> Instagram users are, for facts, younger than Twitter users. They're more easily influenced. And it just became the new normal to be depressed and to not like anyone, yeah. to not want to get out of bed in the morning. I've seen this meme many times. Yeah. Or people or memes that just say that you don't have any meaning in your life, that the universe is so large and you mean nothing. Yeah. If you go with this mindset and keep on finding those memes, because sometimes they're actually funny and you don't get the message until you've reflected on it. You That's what makes it so dangerous, right? Because the funniness lets down your defenses and it attaches an emotion to it. And then you're more yeah. likely to just let that into your subconscious without 
analyzing it and without realizing it's actually influenced you? Well, obviously, subconsciously, you don't have any reason to question something that made you feel good. Yeah. Because yeah. if you laughed about it, then it's a good experience. And yeah. we do tend to remember good experiences subconsciously. I mean, bad experiences will give you lessons that you will remember consciously and think of them and decide you won't do this anymore. But when it's something positive, and that's also what happens with drugs, when it's a positive experience and you like that, you don't question it. You don't question it. So it, beca it becomes something good. You just, you're just bored. You're at work. You don't want to work. So we bring out Instagram and you just check memes. You've consumed 10 of them. And at the end of the day, you hate your life. It, it just happens that way. And that friend of mine who I was talking about earlier, he's obsessed with this type of memes. And he's only following this type of content. He's not even realizing it. He, for him, it's just random meme pages. Yeah. And as you said, that's... Go ahead. The other thing uh, which is interesting to note about the big pharma stuff is um, <clears throat> the prevalence of, you know... We're seeing more young kids um, move into the, you know, transsexual uh, movement. The same kind of proportions as those who used to, you know, young girls used to have anorexia or other kind of bodily images are now, you know, shifting into I'm trans. And I think a lot of that is the attention that they get in the today's climate, but also because young people are influenced by their social groups. And if the social group is always, or the, what they think is, you know, the prevailing, like on Snapchat, on Snapchat, you go to the discover page and there's effectively propaganda for all this stuff there. And if you have a lot of young kids, they're just on their phone all the time. They're looking at that. They say, oh yeah, it's great. Um, I'm trans now and all the rest of it. That is going to have an effect on an impressionable mind. That's a fact. And then the big pharma thing is, is that they are making money hand over fist for these puberty blocking drugs, which is fucked up. You know, they're giving these experimental pharmaceuticals that are completely messing up the endocrine systems to block puberty, to block a natural process of the body. And these doctors are making money off it. And Big Pharma itself is so insidious and so demonic in the way that it preys on people that are told by their doctors yeah it's good no worries block your puberty just you know you'll be fine people don't understand the risks of these things and if you want to go down that path wait until you're mature you know even if you you know there's, there's no good in giving this stuff that's not even their own thought and it doesn't come from them it's not an innate uh, feeling when they're young and they're consuming all this media and there is a top-down messaging that is meant to just enrich these companies. I just think that's fucked up in general. Black role models. So, so they want to relate or be like whatever they see on the internet. And, and as you said, that makes it dangerous because it, it's controlled and it's highly manipulated. And whatever they see on the internet becomes the new normal. People don't watch TV anymore. So what they see on their feeds is for them what the world should be. So 
and there is also this thing where people are allowed a lot of freedom at a very young age. Uh, I've been in this position. Uh, that's how I go. But yeah, people will not face uh, resistance from from their parents or, or acceptance. They they will have agreeable parents that will let them do whatever they want to do while yeah. they're not knowing that they're doing something they didn't choose. They're doing something they didn't Yeah, I think everyone's role models at the moment are just screwed up as a result of media programming. Like, I don't even think I'll have a TV in my house uh, when I'm older unless it's like, you know, watch the occasional old school movie um, because it, it is even just the news at a, if you're, that's the thing with all this um, COVID stuff is like, if you are only consuming information that's saying we should all be scared, this is horrible, world is ending, and we know the news is going to push an agenda that makes people watch it more. And the best thing you can do to that is just turn it off. Even if you know, even if you have the idea in your head, this is bullshit, your subconscious is still taking that in, it's still processing. Your subconscious doesn't, um, I'm interested on your thoughts on this and how the subconscious just takes in everything that's happening. It, even with the, the language you speak, right? If you say, oh man, I'm dead after that, or I'm so tired all the time. Again, I'm so depressed, I can't get out of bed. You repeat that over and over and over, that becomes your reality. That becomes your subconscious thing. Okay, well, you know, we're tired, we're depressed. Yeah, it just repeats whatever it's feed, it's, uh, whatever you feed it, uh, until it becomes you. Because uh, at some point, that tired being, that depressed human being, is who you are. Because you repeat that again and again and again until it becomes reflexes, and it becomes your way of seeing things. When it's something that is borrowed, as I said, something that is forced upon you, and that's why I think it's important to be immune to external influence, question whatever thought you have and just ask yourself, why am I thinking about this? What made me think of this? And you'll find that most of the things we're thinking of were actually thoughts induced by something else. So mostly something else. People, people don't influence each other as much as we'd like to think. Not directly in any case. So you'll have, as they do, you'll have tools used against you without you even knowing it. And it's shaping a new normal, a new way of living that is perfect for people who are working nine to fives. So they have their small escapism, escapism ways and they just hide into that to hide from a boring life. So they think their life is good and, and entertaining just because they have those small moments where they can be happy. Uh, and happiness has been made material. People can't just be happy by themselves nowadays. I think everyone is chasing something that is supposed to be built. Happiness is not a stage you reach overnight or something you find along the way. You build your own happiness. And if, as you said, you talked about negative self-talk, if you just 
positively think and you keep on affirming whatever you want to be your life you're going to eventually attract it and get on that path because that's what you force yourself to yes we learn through through two ways it's either hypnosis which is meditation or repetition which is affirmations and that's why i think these two things are very important in one's life because they shape the way you think and they make you immune from whatever it is external to you so those meditation is connecting with yourself and those affirmations um, are used as as a tool or a way to feed your subconscious positive thoughts and get away from anything negatively impacting Sure, man. I always go back to the power poses. Like you can literally stand with your hands in the air, pretending you're cheering, and if you're not around people, or even if you are, you can go, "Yes, yes, I'm winning!" You know, and your brain, you instantly get a flood of like, "Boom! I must be winning. Why are my hands in the air? Cool. Let's go. Let's pump dopamine." You know, uh, even just smiling. That's the the if if you want to feel better. smile force a smile on your face and smile at other people they'll smile back go, go, the next stranger you see just give them a big smile that is the most basic thing you can do and you know everyone's experienced it when you see a complete stranger who just beams at you that is a force of positive radiation to you and you instantly smile back that's something that everyone can do today If it, you know, people don't even talk to each other really in society anymore. Everyone's on their phones, which is a whole other issue. Um, but if you can be that positive influence on others, and I think that's an important thing to mention as well, is that you know you are connected to the people around you in a most literal sense, energetically. And if Yes, we focus on ourselves, and yes, it's good to do all the things that we've been talking about. But if you can be a conscious, positive influence on others, that's going to come back to you. And that's what I think is, you know, if you make the people around you happier, they're going to be happier. They're going to bring it back to you. And I think that's a the internal is good, but it's also try and be a force of good and a influence and positivity to others. And say to others, you're capable of everything you want to try. You know, so many things like if we don't catch ourselves, like instantly, it, you know, it's what I used to do, and what everyone I think used to do until they become conscious. It's like you buy into the societal beliefs. Everyone said most businesses fail. Now, why do we believe that? What? How is that helpful to anyone? And I don't know where it came from. Maybe as a psyop in general, but like. how is that relevant why why should you go into something believing that the chances that you're going to fail is lower than not i mean higher the chances that you're going to fail are higher than not yeah. that doesn't help anyone even if it's true it doesn't make sense to believe it and that's what i think is um important to note about beliefs in general you can choose to believe Or you should choose to believe things that serve you. If something isn't serving you, if it's not benefiting you, if it's just making you feel negative about something or decreases your chances of success, chuck it aside. Just because you believe it, just because other people say it, doesn't mean you have to hold that with you forever. And I think beliefs in general 
you should choose outrageous beliefs. Going back to your point before, believing that you are so capable and so powerful that you can achieve anything you want to because the alternative is just to be, you know, mediocre, to never really achieve what you want to. Based on what? Based on other people pushing this belief on your society in general that you can't get out of this situation or you can't do this or you can't do that. It's, it's bullshit for the most part. And even if it is illogical, you should be illogical. You should be ridiculous in your beliefs because the there is no negative to it. You know, you're going to give yourself the best chance to achieve whatever it is you want to. And the alternative, cool. You believe that you're going to be unsuccessful. Guess what? You're going to be unsuccessful. Yeah, because you put that into your mind. So that's a, a setting. That's a prerequisite that is already there. If you believe that it's going to work out, then it is going to work out. Yeah. As I said, it's it's vicious cycles versus virtuous cycles, where you start on something positive, just a loop that goes in positively, uh, while you start on something negative, it's going to go downwards. It, it just it just common sense. If you don't, and everything starts with beliefs. If you don't believe in it, it won't happen. If you do believe in it, you'll do everything to make it happen. Yeah, because you're convinced of it, and you're gonna be persistent and and do it over and over again until it works out. And if it fails, you're gonna believe in it again and do it differently because you think that it can fail. So you're gonna do it as many times as it takes to make it happen. And, and along the way, each time it didn't work out, you learn something new instead of going like, okay, business has failed, uh, so I shouldn't start a business. Yeah. If you don't start a business, you just limit yourself. If you don't open a door, you can't know what, what's behind it. At least if you open it and you do find out that there is nothing behind it, you have that information in mind. I don't want to go there. Yeah. So if you don't try to go back to, to your point about experience and wisdom, if you don't try something out, you can't have an honest, unbiased opinion on it and decide whether it's good or not for you. So you need to try it out and get away with it with an experience, be it positive or negative. You gotta have an experience, turn it into a lesson and build upon that. Because but there's no negatives, right? Like you win or you learn. And I exactly. think you, people are scared to try new things because they think that they'll fail. But if you completely reframe that and okay, either it'll win and succeed or I'll learn what not to do. I'll learn what doesn't work. And that experience will serve me in the future. And that's an important distinction because then there's nothing to be afraid of. You're either going to win or you're going to realize and learn something. Exactly. So at least have a clear idea about what works and what doesn't. And when, as I said, when you try it again next time, you have more information, more readiness to make it happen. Uh, as opposed to someone who doesn't try at all. Uh, he's been told that it doesn't work. He's scared again of the unknown and he doesn't believe in himself. Yeah. And to go back to, to the point I, I always say, it all starts with you. If you do believe in yourself and you think you can do it, then you'll do everything to make it happen. Very true, my man. <clears throat> so I wanted to uh, 
mention or speak about something the uh, the brain wave states and the malleability of the brain how we can kind of be aware of what's going on and how that mm -hmm. relates to you know the let's say quantum physics uh, of the world itself and the law of attraction all of that mm -hmm. what is your understanding on how our thoughts acts on a vibrational level you know we know that certain thoughts have a particular energy that then permeates into the world and helps form and attract the reality that we are the reality that we experience we mentioned it before it's like if you are only putting out negative things and believe in negativity that's all you're going to see and if you are aware that the brain has and I don't know the exact scientific methods behind it. I had this discussion with someone the other day. It's like there are measurable vibrational energies that we can put out through conscious intention, conscious thought in the brain. That's yes. a fact. How that mm -hmm. works and how our consciousness brings that into reality, I don't necessarily know. But I, I know that the concept itself works and is true. So how... How do you view that and how do you think that that works and how can people apply that concept? All right, so for, for um, the people who are listening and don't know what brain frequencies are, I'm gonna go over them very quickly. So we have a lower stages where we're sleeping, which are called delta waves. And then we have higher levels, which are theta waves, which are said to be the creative mind where your subconscious is not operating, but rather learning. And then we have alpha waves, which are normal, normal uh, functioning of the brain. Then I have gamma waves and, and another one, better name. Those are the very high, very high levels of, uh, of brain waves where your thoughts are going too quickly and you're thinking a lot and, and you're kind of into intense emotions and, and, and a sort of panic. So the simple existence of those brains shows that there is energy on your brain. And to vulgarize it to, to a very simple point, I believe energy to be physical. Just imagine fire. You can feel it, you can see it, you can touch it. I believe fire to be the most apparent form of, of energy, while our thoughts are a bit more... They're energy too, so they're, they're a bit more complicated to explain yeah. but very simple existence of that makes you ready or not how do i explain that uh theta waves are, are waves as i said where your subconscious is learning so that's why people before sleeping or, or right after waking up it, it's uh advised to to meditate your subconscious is willing to take information and give you things you're not going to think of if you reach a higher stage of of waves so those waves and, and those frequencies impact how you function and, and to get back to an example you gave earlier if you give a smile to someone outside they, that's a positive thought you had in your mind and that expressed through a smile through, through a gesture that itself is energy transmutation towards something physical that something physical gave a positive vibe to the person in front that saw you. That way, you just made your thoughts 
reach someone. So your positive thoughts reach someone that's in front of you. And to go back on the same example you gave, that person will give it back to you. So your initial positive thought will get amplified just by the facts of taking action on it, not leaving it inside and hidden. So we express the thoughts in different ways, and that energy goes from us to someone else. And depending on on the person, on who is or what is the receiver, there is a different there will be a different reaction so that's how i see the energy going from one person to another and how we can capitalize on our energy brain energy and, and emotions to make them to use them in our daily lives be it with people be it with ourselves in any in any situation i don't know if you if you see what i'm talking about yeah for sure um i mean i'm i'm aware of the you, you have to kind of suspend disbelief a little bit uh with these things um well, well not even disbelief but the the framing of these things through the traditional science uh mindset where if it's not measurable with a fucking science scientific instrument then it's not real you know there are many things about this life that we don't understand and Absolutely. I don't I don't pretend to understand them either but I know that if something you know it has tangible effects if it is something like you can feel but not necessarily ex- uh, you know explain in any scientific terms then for all intents and purposes it's real and should be uh, appropriately regarded as such and like it or not if it's not you know, if, if it's working for you and your life gets better through positive intention and you can feel, I always go back to like, you can feel the vibration, the bad vibes from someone that yes. like has bad intentions. That's something we colloquially, uh, you know, reference and everyone can feel that when someone's just a bit off. Now, what is that? That is your internal self. I think the heart uh, recognizing or feeling that vibrational energy coming from someone that doesn't have good interests at heart, you know, sometimes again, at heart, that's the colloquial reference, right? But we then can say that on the one hand, and then most of the people will reject the fact that vibrational energies from thoughts and feelings exist. But when it's colloquial and kind of casually referenced, it's all good. So, I think that's important for people to realize it's like yes it may not be in a laboratory in lab coats but it is real and it does impact your life so you might as well treat it and use it as a tool all of these things the beliefs that we talk about what matters is the results <clears throat> and what matters is the tangible effect it has and it doesn't matter what the motivation is you know it's the whole placebo effect if you believe something is good for you, it's going to be good for you because your body, your mind ends up bringing that reality into existence. And then you're told, oh, I was only given the placebo. You fall back into ill health. Now, what it, like, it, we know that that is, exists. We've done trials and, you know, infinite amounts of experiments on that thing. So that itself is evidence that our thoughts impact our reality, impact our health, even though it 
might not necessarily follow logic and we think in the traditional science method like oh we have to have some sort of input uh in order to get this particular result and i think that's you know you have to intentionally curate beliefs that serve you and help to make your life better and i read something interesting kind of tangentially related recently do you is the belief that you know disease itself it's the belief that we have disease and every person is going to get some sort of disease you know a couple of times throughout their life that's the default state right like oh you're going to get sick at some point now is that belief conducive to the fact to you getting sick and and I, I don't know the answer, and I think it's partially related because there's the placebo effect. There's also the nocebo effect. If you believe something is going to make you sick or you have this disease, you know, we've, it, it, we've seen where doctors will misdiagnose someone. They'll get sick and just, oh, you have cancer. And then they'll be better and they'll feel like shit. And then they'll actually come back and say, hey, uh, sorry, you don't actually have cancer. And they'll be fine in a few days. Like you can think yourself into health and you can think yourself into sickness. And that is so crazy to me because it, you know, it, it, it makes me question everything else that we've kind of accepted in society that all these pre-programmed beliefs and what, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy that wrote the four agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz, he, met, he speaks to this idea and this concept as the collective dream of society. And whatever society we are brought into by nature of where we live, there are certain beliefs and practices that that society has that form the dream that's not necessarily real, but because you're brought up in that environment, everyone subscribes to that. And when you realize that that exists as a fake reality due to the pre-programmed beliefs and thoughts and systems, you can then step outside of that and consciously realize how that might be affecting your life and it doesn't necessarily have to. Yeah. Uh, uh, to go back to, to brainwaves, uh, uh, at a young age, we're incapable of reaching the alpha state uh, and we're, we're stuck in the theta. So as you said, whatever word you, you brought into, into you have a few years where you're conditioned into thinking something. And we do know that the brain does control the rest of the body. And be it on the outside, we can perceive, or be it on a biological <clears throat> biological scale, uh, there is different, definitely an effect on how your body protects itself based on what it believes. Because if it thinks it can put up a fight, it will put up a fight. If it thinks that it won't do it, then you were already conditioned to think that you're going to get sick. So your body will just wait for medication to come. It's just that you're not ready to face stuff depending on, on what you were conditioned to think. That, that's the way I see it. It's more about being believing in it or not and, and believing obviously and, and inevitably has material effects based on your body or, or the way you behave. Yeah, 100%. And it, it, it's so 
empowering, right? Once you make that distinction is you kind of realize as a human, you have this capacity to design your life and create a version of your reality that's entirely under your control. And when you make that distinction, the world is your oyster. The reality that you create is really, you know, we are the architects of our lives. And it goes back to <clears throat> the extreme ownership and realizing that everything in your life is a result of you. And that may be confronting because some things in our life that we don't like, if we realize that we did that, that's hard to confront and it assigns blame to ourselves. But again, knowing that you have the capacity to change everything, realizing you might have fucked up before, okay, cool, now we know better. There's no reason to beat yourself up about it. And that's yet another thing is that we judge ourselves, right? We have this internal judge and humans will go back over things in the past that we've done wrong and punish ourselves over and over and over and over again when we're, when we're reminded of that. Yes, that thing happened. Yes, it probably wasn't the right decision or whatever. But that happened, you believe that that's for a reason because now you have the lesson. You, you know not to do that and that's not good for us in the long run. So let's make a change and let's not dwell on that because any extra mental energy that we dedicate to punishing ourselves is wasted. Again, going back to what you said, anything mm -hmm. like subconsciously that keeps popping up that we're not dealing with, that's either just wasted mental energy or something, some internal trauma that you have to deal with so that you can dedicate that energy to improving that in your life. And I think that that's uh, super important to realize is like, yes, we're human. Yes, we fucked up. But punishing yourself over and over and over again doesn't help anyone. Doesn't help you. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I think I tweeted this recently. It's not about the things you go through in life. It's about how you deal with them and how you handle them. Yeah. Whatever, whatever things you might have done in the past, you just can't blame yourself for that. For it, it, it happened. You didn't know any better. But now you do so you have two choices it's either you just keep dwelling on the past and saying fuck i fucked up on this one i should have done better on this one without really going past this thought it's just crippling it's just something you're blocking on yeah instead you should have a different way to look at things and say okay this was a bad decision here is why i did this and and actually as you said taking control and taking responsibility for everything. People are too coward, I think, to actually believe that they are responsible for everything. Yeah. And instead, we'll blame it on others, we'll blame it on things like ego and whatnot. When all of that is part of you, it's part of who you are. Anything you, you go through leaves a mark in you that shapes who you are in the future. And you decide whether that mark is a burden or it like you either see it as a sack of flesh that keeps getting cut or you see yourself and you believe in yourself to be a diamond so each cut makes you more beautiful yeah so those are the two ways to see life you either keep dwelling on, on, on things regretting them um, just keeping the negative memory without the lesson behind 
and the, the optimal way to, to think about self, in my opinion, is to always dissecate whatever happened. Why did it happen? Uh, who pushed me to do this? What prerequisites I had in mind that made me tend to this decision rather than the other? Yeah. And, and like breaking down, breaking down what happened to simple stuff like this and to historical events, you can understand your decisions better. Because if you don't understand why you did it and you keep blaming it on, I wasn't feeling right, I wasn't... If you don't put the finger on what is wrong, you can't fix it. And for you to do that, you need to accept that you're responsible for everything that is happening. You take control. You are living your own life. No one else is living your life instead of you. And instead, that's what they call victim mentality. And it goes deeper than just playing the victim in front of other people. It's even worse when you play the victim in front of yourself. You are not able to actually take responsibility and, and assume whatever you did and, and go out go out of it as a better man 100 man it's beautiful uh all right man ego driven i want to thank you again for joining me on the soulcast i'm sure a lot of people thank you get. for having me no worries uh just before we go what are you working on at the moment and uh where can people find you well, I'm ego-driven at ego-driven without an E at the end on Twitter. Uh, I'm also on, on Telegram. The channel is called Based On Ya. It's <laughs> just that for, for based people. And yeah, um, I'm working on... Many people have been asking me about how I grew my Twitter account to 18K within 100 days or something like that. So I'm working on reveal, kind of revealing my secrets, but I'm not doing a Twitter guide. Yeah, it's gonna be something different because I don't think Twitter guides give you what you really need, and what you really need is to get to know people, is to get to network with people, and actually, the way I see it is that every person you meet and talk to is a door that leads to many other doors, and each door for me is is a way to say opportunity. Yeah. So each one you meet opens up. To more opportunities and to more people to meet and that's what life is about that's the social aspect of life for me it's about meeting people exchanging with them and then deciding sticking around and, and who's not worth my time but yeah. you gotta go and experience and talk to people and, and get in the action <laughs> well i think with the growing of twitter put out good content regularly you know there's no secret you've got very good actionable advice and unique perspectives that people resonate with and that's why you've grown so big i think yeah there are other other aspects of of, uh, of it I, I mean i've known a lot of people before even starting my account uh i don't know if you know the detail of that i don't want to say that before uh, in front of everyone um but yeah the aspect of, of knowing other people that are engaged with with everything and are growing too does play a role the, the people you know on twitter do play a role i've seen many accounts and i've tried to help i've seen many accounts put up really great contents without managing to have eyes on them and that's not just networking it's also a bit of branding it's many things as i said i tweeted this today leverage and uniqueness 
That's the recipe for Twitter. Very good. All right, brother, thanks again. Um, this will draw SoulCast to an end. Thanks for joining me and thanks to everyone at home for listening. This is Ego Driven. That's good. Thank you All for right. having me, Habibi. Ciao. Right. Talk soon. Ciao.